Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Cover Stories. As you may have noticed in the title, this one is a B-side, which is what we're calling our new series of mini-episodes. These episodes are going to be a little shorter, as there's no performance, just talking about a song, and they're going to be in between regular episodes, so alternating every other week. Don't forget to check out the full performance videos on our YouTube channel. Also, as I mentioned in the previous intro, our shirts are online, they're on sale for $5 off, CoverStoriesPod.com. This week we have Eric's brother Andy. We're talking about Johnny Cash's version of the song Hurt, originally by Nine Inch Nails. And if you like what you hear, if this is your first time or you just haven't rated yet, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes and your favorite podcast app. Welcome to Cover Stories B-Sides. Today we will be talking about Johnny Cash's version of the song Hurt, originally by the Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Today we are joined by my brother Andy. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Good, good. And uh, we've got Zach here. What's up? Um, So yeah, we're just going to jump right into it. Um, In 2002, Johnny Cash covered uh, the 1996 song Hurt, um, originally by Nine Inch Nails. And uh, he kind of had like a, a a second wind or third wind even at that point in his long career. It opened him up to a lot of people. Um, so just for, for starters, what was your uh, first impression of the song? And where do you remember hearing it for the first time? I, I, I'm not sure exactly when I heard it, but I remember seeing the music video. That was oh, a yeah. big one. Because I think that's, uh, but honestly, I never even heard the Nine Inch Nose version before that. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I really, that was like, I found out like later on that I was like, oh, wait, this is a Nine Inch Nails cover song. I was like, I had no idea. And I remember watching the music video. I was just like, dude, like, it's like, I don't know. It just, I felt like it was awesome. And I was just like, and I was a big Johnny Cash fan. I mean, I was like, I was listening to him in middle school, high school, and I had his Folsom Prison, you know, record, and I love that album. And I mean, then I think, because it came out in 2002, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, was it, I, I don't know if, like that gave a little momentum him doing that to do the walk the line because the movie came out in 2005. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. He died in 03. Um, yeah. shortly after this, this came out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Zach? Same. Same. Uh, yeah, I think, well, wait, when was this? 2002. 2002. Yeah. I was in uh, middle school. Yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I didn't know it was a cover song when I first heard it. My brother showed me, I think, and I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like the video. Yeah. The video is like super like, yeah. yeah, emotional, like powerful. It's like I don't know. It's, it's almost like a Nine Inch Nails music video. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so crazy. It's like it. on brand. Yeah, but different enough. Yeah, um, and that, that's one thing I think is interesting about the the differences between <laughs> the two songs. Um, so just to kind of uh, fill you guys in or fill everybody in on on kind of the a little history of this song, um, in the nineties, Johnny Cash was kind of finding a, a new audience with a lot of like alternative and grunge bands, a lot of like grunge bands were big fans of his and uh he um in 19 in the 90s he actually joined chris novoselic the bassist to nirvana and they recorded like a willie nelson tribute um when uh johnny cash was recording a song with u2 in 1993 he kind of came up on rick rubin's uh, radar rick rubin of course is a super producer for the 90s recorded jay-z's blueprint and like Red Hot Chili Peppers albums and all and all those, um, he uh, asked Johnny Cash if he would like to uh, do an album together, 
they he invited Johnny Cash over. The first time they recorded was in Rick Rubin's living room. Just him and his guitar, just acoustic guitar, nothing else. And that created what was called the American Recordings. That was part one. And that was, uh, I think, 95 or so. Um, he recorded four of these American Recordings over the span of his uh, career. Hurt is actually on the fourth one. Uh, it's on the last one. People were kind of excited about, uh, you know, he had a cover of Personal Jesus by um, by Depeche Mode. And John Frusciante from the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers actually arranged a song. They didn't realize they had what they had in Hurt. And uh, Rick Rubin had uh, sent him the song, the original song by Nine Inch Nails. And Johnny Cash was like, I don't get it. This is just noise to me. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, no, listen, read the lyrics. So he sent him like a copy of the lyrics. And he's like, if you like it, we'll make it suit you. Johnny Cash already had this like you know relationship with Rick Rubin, so he trusted him. And yeah, the rest is kind of history. It's super interesting just to see... You know, this is obviously a country artist and, and a senior citizen country artist. Yeah. And what what he did with his career to see him covering these kinds of songs. And he apparently interpreted lyrics as a man at the end of his life. And a lot of people kind of debate what the original one is about. It was about, oh, you know, about addiction or about being suicidal. And you hear that in both songs, he's singing the same lyrics, but you can, it, it's just such, such a different feeling yeah, a different tone i feel like yeah. on both of them uh because i think he did it was fully covered in 2000 because his wife passed away shortly after shortly no out right yeah and i think that was the one thing she was kind of already like you know towards the end yeah yeah and that's when he wrote that i mean that, i mean not wrote it i'm sorry when that's when he recorded it mostly and that, i think that's where in the music video too it shows like pictures of his wife and him growing up and you know yeah. stuff like that and it was just kind of like yeah and that's where he he saw it in his aspect. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I, I think the the thing with the Night Snails version is, um, I mean, they're about the same pace. Yeah, it's way slower though on the Nine Inch Nails though. You think so? Yeah, because I was listening to it. Uh, I, I yeah, I was listening to it, and it's like it's a little really slow intro. Like yeah. I feel that Johnny Cash kind of gets into it. The Nine yeah. Inch Nails is kind of like a little bit static noise in the front. Yeah, and you're, it's kind of real slow. And when he uh. I forgot. I'm sorry. Lead singer of uh, Trent, Trent Reznor. Yeah, Trent Reznor. When he starts uh, singing, it's very, very low. And Johnny Cash has that stern voice. Yeah. I feel like, and yeah, that's the big difference. I noticed with it. I think with with the Trent Reznor with the original version, it, it sounds like a guy standing on a bridge about to jump. And yeah, with Johnny Cash, it sounds like a guy like on his deathbed. Yeah, he's like like kind of thinking back on his life. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, yeah. So kind of, I mean, kind of fits. Well, like like the out of context version of like Johnny Cash's version, as opposed to like the initial, the original version is at the end of a concept album. Yeah, which like has more impact. That's why it, like it builds up a lot slower. But it's like like the whole album is just like a big emotional roller coaster of this guy. Yeah, yeah. Basically, like yeah, it's drug addiction, like all this stuff, like yeah. crazy, like narcissism. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's cool to see also that I mean I. I think it's hard not to like Trent Reznor at this in 2019, especially. Oh. Um, but uh, they they said that when when Rick Rubin asked him if they could do the song, he was flattered, but he was like, "That's weird." Yeah, like, like why this song? Yeah. Why why Johnny Cash? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, it was just funny because like I know in like the 80s, this I can't remember his name, just this old like country singer did a bunch of like metal covers, but he did it really hokey pokey, and uh, it was I think that's what he was probably thinking, like oh like. Just country artist is gonna like you know, and he obviously he knows Johnny Cash, but then he heard it and he said that it didn't feel gimmicky. It just it felt just weird. And then he watched the music video and he was like, 
It was like watching somebody fuck my girlfriend. <laughs> he said, this song isn't mine anymore. It's Johnny Cash's. It's just, I think it's like the coolest thing ever. I mean, uh, it just, to, to, I mean, these are two legends, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think it was really cool that it, you know, he, he kind of signed it away. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, so we, we talked about the music video. Um, it, it's, it's him playing in, in this like Hall of Fame room or this museum that was made for him. It, it's funny because... When I think of this song, I always think of Walk Hard with Dewey Cox, yeah, yeah. which kind of makes fun of this a little bit. But even in making fun of it, it's almost like it's still not like, you know, it still hits you the same way, even after all the jokes and everything. What do you feel he does better in, in the, the cover versus Trent Reznor's? I think one thing is just the because uh, it starts off like real slow and kind of like he's thinking and you're, you're kind of like taking that trip with him. Yeah. And then he starts playing the guitar, strumming a little bit stronger. And then it's just like, it's like he reaches his like, like self-realization. Yeah. And it's like, you know, hey, it's, it's it. But it's like, you know, I can, all I can do is look back and be happy about it. Yeah. And I think with the guitar added into that, it's just like that build up. It just like, you know, it's kind of like bittersweet at the end of it. Yeah. And I think that was the one thing. And it's just like. I mean, it gives. I, it still gives me like chills, like watching that music video and like listening to it too, because it's like God, like. And then every time I listen to it, I mean, I still see the music video and yeah. I still see parts of it. Yeah, and it's just like, man, I just can't, you know, help that. And I think that was the one thing is just like, <clears throat> which I just liked it a little bit more. Uh, and yeah, it's, just, it's amazing though. I really like it. I think his voice it just sounds like death. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like it just sounds like death coming and like. Not in like a bad way, just like it, it, it's it's it just feels like the end. Yeah, it's a good funeral song. Yeah, he doesn't have to like belt it either. It's just yeah, like, it's just like it's kind of like him talking, but he's so smooth. Yeah, and that's what I, I love about the original is I, I I love Trent Reznor's voice because it sounds like desperate and like it sounds so it's just so on like it's just it's just so very um very very fitting from an emotional standpoint like it it whenever you hear that song you can tell he's not phoning it in like um yeah. i think it comes from the heart yeah, yeah yeah and that's that's johnny cash did that just to a different yeah. degree um one interesting quote from trent reznor um i'm just gonna read it off uh he said after watching the music video and declaring that it was no longer his song he said, um, it really made me think about how powerful music is. I wrote some words and music in my bedroom as a way of staying sane about a bleak and desperate place I was in. Somehow that winds up reinterpreted by a music legend from a radically different era and still retains sincerity and meaning. Different, but every bit is pure. It's so crazy. Like, I mean, they're saying the same words, but it's just so different. Yeah, different meanings and everything beside it. I mean, I think that's the one thing I love, like, you know, with, I mean, just in general, like covers in general, like yeah. what you are doing is just like, uh, even the people that come on and play like you know you can hear the difference in it but it's like there's time I'm like I hear it cover and I'm like man I gotta go back and listen to the original yeah because it's like I want to hear how they interpret it you know and that's the one thing it's just like I mean but that's just music in general everybody interprets it differently but yeah. it's like every they use those words in their own life and what they're going through yeah yeah, yeah for sure um it, it's just so you normally when you see a lot of covers you see it kind of with when someone gets famous for a cover it's usually like a younger band and yeah, to have it's like it, a pop version well even <laughs> i mean even like uh you know it's just someone who's like was influenced by that artist and yeah i mean like i said johnny cast wasn't into the original yeah. <laughs> whatsoever but he trusted rick rubin and and they really did something special yeah and it actually like uh actually coming into this i wanted to like 
I actually did a little bit more research and everything. And I was actually, I didn't realize how many songs Johnny Cash actually covered. Yeah. And I, I know like growing up, like I was always big into Cats in the Cradle. And like growing up, I had no idea that that was a cover. Harry Chippen, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, also A Boy Named Sue. I mean, like stuff like that is like... You know, I'm like, I grew up listening. I was just like, oh, this is just Johnny yeah. Cash. <laughs> no, it wasn't a cover. It was well, just, yeah, uh, it, was written, it was written by yeah. Shel Silverstein. He didn't write it. So yeah. it's like one of those things yeah. where, uh, but like Captain the Creator was one of those, like I had no idea then. It wasn't until I think my dad, I think we were talking about it. I was like, oh yeah, Johnny Cash wrote that song. And my dad's like, no, he didn't. Yeah. And I was just like, I think I was like in middle school or something like that. And my dad's like, you don't know nothing about music. Kind of. <laughs> like, and that's why I was just like, man, like. He does so many different types of songs. And I was like looking at the list and I'm like, man, I didn't know he, he covered Ray Charles. He covered, you know, Bruce, uh, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Kenny Rogers. Fire. That song goes fucking yeah. hard, And dude. it's like, you know, I'm like looking at the list and I'm like, what? Like, I didn't know he did all these covers. Yeah. And, and then I was like going back and listening to him and they like sound completely different, but Johnny Cash made it his own. Yeah. All of them. And it's just like, I mean, to have artists, I mean, over the deck and it's, I mean, you're talking about like, Guys like, you know, I mean, Hurt, for example, compared to like, you know, Ray Charles, like, you know, yeah. the, the gap in music and able to make everything his own is like, whoa, it's kind of it's pretty dope. Yeah, um, I, I think it's 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 cool to see, you know, a respected artist who's been doing it for almost all his life really kind of embrace like younger music or just embrace newer music. And, uh, you know, and still show that, you know, deep down inside. It's, it's always fun to listen to covers because sometimes you're not hearing everything within that song. So when you hear it a different way, it, it opens up new, new aspects of it. Yeah. You didn't realize like, Oh, like this baseline is actually really good. I just never yeah. realized that. Or, <laughs> or, Oh, these lyrics are fucked. <laughs> you know, when they slow it down or speed it up. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a band called Illuminati hotties. They do a cover of a Whitney Houston song. I want to dance with somebody and they make it really like somber and really slow and you listen to the words and I'm like oh this is a sad song like you don't realize it's a sad song because it's like super poppy yeah well i remember like it was when i think when you were in high school like mom and dad got you that duran duran cover album yeah the tribute and, album. Yeah, yeah the tribute album and i remember like listening to it i was just like i never even listened to duran yeah. duran and then like i listened to it after i was just like dude that hungry like the wolf and yeah. all that i was just like dude like God, this is awesome. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. just, but then you listen to the originals and you're like, oh, okay, it's different. Then you're like, oh, okay, this is cool though. Yeah, too. yeah, I like yeah this. for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, which one, which version do you guys like better? I mean, I don't know. If I had to pick, I would say the Nine Inch Nails one, but that's, again, like with the context of the whole album. I, I, really yeah. like, I like that entire album. It's it's a good album. Yeah. Uh, side note, have you ever heard anyone like say the opposite? Like, I think, I'm pretty sure like in high school or after, someone's like, oh, have you heard the Nine Inch Nails cover of this Johnny Cash song? <laughs> I've heard yeah, this one yeah, now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I would have to say, I mean, I've always been a Johnny Cash fan and I think it's just, the thing that I, we're talking about earlier is just the music video. Like once I saw the music video, yeah. I, I mean, I still to this day watch music videos. Like, yeah. I know a lot of people don't, but I like go on YouTube and I'll just be like, oh, dude, I want to see the music video to this. Like, that's what I'm excited to watch. And I think, seeing that music video just like made me like it. I was just like, man, this song's so good. And then the music, cause I guess I'm a visual person. Uh -huh. So I guess I have to visually see it. And like when you make a great music video and you attach it to a song, it's just like, dang, like this is dope. I like this. Yeah. I think the whole package itself is interesting. Uh, it, it, uh, you know, of the cover, I mean, like, like we said, like I said earlier, like I mean, Trent Reznor thought it was weird until he saw the music video. Yeah. And I think that's part of, the experience is watching this little you know three minute film yeah I mean, with this song the song itself i mean the song itself is great 
but like putting that all together and then like you know you can know nothing about johnny cash and get everything you need to know from watching that music video yeah it's true it's it's uh, it's crazy just to to be able to do that and i mean the quivering in his voice he was sick when he recorded this you know and you can hear like the quivering in his voice and just the rawness of it i mean it it sounds like like dying and not in like a bad way it just sounds like like okay this is it this is the end you know yeah like he accepted it and it's just like it's like okay you know what i mean and yeah that's one thing that it's it's the voice that's the yeah you're talking about yeah yeah i think it's funny because i i grew up scared of nine inch nails (laughs) i think we both were yeah Yeah. (laughs) we're scared of like synths and like stuff like that. well not just that but the video for closer fucked me up man yeah. It ended the song like I'm just I remember watching it as a kid and being like, What the fuck you like an animal? This guy's nuts. That part with the monkey, dude. Yeah. Where it's like the monkey's tied <laughs> the up. The monkey's crucified. Yeah. And I'm just like, what are we fucking watching? But we couldn't stop watching. And it was just one of those things like I like I'm never getting into music like this. And I think from listening to the Johnny Cash version of this song. I went back and checked out Nine Inch Nails and I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't as scary as I yeah, thought it it's was. It's artistic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, from that, I mean, from, from, from listening to this and going back to Hurt, I mean, I got really into, um, what was the album after The Fragile? Um, it's the one with uh, you and me are in just together now. Uh, that's on The Fragile. Oh, it is on The Fragile? Okay, yeah. so The Fragile. Oh, I Fragile guess. was two discs, yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean, just, I, I, Trent Reznor's voice. I that's when I really like grew an appreciation for him. And then it wasn't until years, years later we we watched Nosferatu with the fragile on in the background. Where I was just like, it just like everything clicked for me. But it all started with Hurt by Johnny Cash, and it's just so weird to usually hear it the other way around. Like, oh, Nine Inch Nails did a cover of Johnny Cash, and I'm gonna go listen to Johnny Cash. It was the other way around. It's so weird to yeah. see that generation gap. <laughs> That uh, it just reminded me of like the Post Malone and uh, Ozzy Osbourne thing. Oh, <laughs> I remember that. What happened with that? So uh, Ozzy Osbourne did a like a song, like kind of he did a uh, a song with uh, Post Malone, uh-huh. and all these people on Twitter, younger generation, were just like, "Oh my god, that's so awesome!" Post Malone to give Ozzy, you know, this up and coming artist <laughs> an opportunity. Oh, shit. And I was yeah. just like, like, and I, I I look back at myself, I was like. Okay, don't be that guy, but just be like, hey, so just let you know. He's not, you know, <laughs> like, like I would have been that guy. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> Talking about more current events, Watchmen on HBO just ended, and uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross scored yeah. the series. Like, he's come so far, like, from just, like, the 90s grunge, like, yeah. skinny guy to, he look, kind of looked like a football player a few years ago. <laughs> And now he's out here winning fucking Grammys for movie soundtracks. But you ever seen him in the eighties though? Uh, when he was like, like a glam. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yes, <laughs> I've seen that. It's funny because like I think like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's nuts, man. That's Trent Reznor. But then I think like, oh, it kind of makes sense. It's, I mean, it was the eighties. Yeah, you see like Maynard James Keenan like that. Pretty much everyone. Pantera. Fucking Pantera. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like it's it was the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I I love his scores. Um, I watched the first two episodes of The Watchmen. I need to watch the rest of them, but that uh, interrogation scene. I, like, oh yeah, I forgot that they scored it until that interrogation scene. I'm like, oh, this this sounds like the fragile. Oh wait, it, it's fucking Trent Reznor. Basically, yeah. He's, there's like a certain like quality to his yeah scores that you can tell this is Trent Reznor. Yeah, those bass, those heavy like those fat bass lines, and yeah, um, I mean the industrial aspect of it, of course. Yeah, there's one thing I thought um, 
Mr. Robot? Uh-huh. Have you ever watched that? No. There's some score in that that I feel like is inspired by Trent Reznor, possibly. Because it's really similar. Like, it seems like he would be a good fit for that series, I think. Yeah. But it's too late now because it's <laughs> ending next week. Um, I like to, I like their score for Social Network. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, like, I can't remember it. Like, I can't, like, hum any of the, like, the, the songs. But I just remember really enjoying just, like, everything they put together. The one he does, well, he does, like, covers, too. So it's yeah. Like the, uh, oh, Creed. The Hall of the Mountain King. Oh, really? Yeah. That's in, it's in Social, Social Network? Network, I believe. Yeah. I gotta I rewatch when, it. It might be when they're like rowing. Oh, it's just okay. them, like that one scene of them, like the two brothers. But, uh, another one he does, he does David Bowie, Life on Mars in this Watchmen series. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's, well, there's a whole thing, another thing with like him and David Bowie. I forgot which song it was. It might be, it's, I don't know. I got. I have to revisit it, but there's there's an ep- like some show where they're both on a talk show, like in being interviewed. Uh-huh. And Trent Reznor's like, yeah. So I really, I wrote this song, and I loved it. And I was like, man, this is good. And then I listened to one of your songs, and I realized, oh, I totally copied <laughs> David Bowie. And and David Bowie was cool with it. He was like, yeah, it's a yeah. good song. So. <laughs> um, I liked uh, we're, I guess we can kind of give a sneak preview of our next B side episode. We're gonna be talking about. Uh, his cover of um, uh, well, him and Karen O, him Atticus oh, yeah. Ross and Karen O's cover of uh, Immigrant Song, yeah. And uh, I remember seeing that. I mean, I think he just writes the perfect music for trailers. Mm. Like I feel every trailer can benefit from having like either his score or one of his covers on it. Yeah, I support it. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of Trent Reznor. This this is B sides. <laughs> um, do you have any last thoughts? Any anything about uh, Trent Reznor, Johnny Cash? No, not really. I mean, I was just, I mean, it was cool just coming up here. Uh, I know, like, when you asked that question on uh, Instagram, I was just like, oh, dude, I got I got to say yeah. this. I was the one thing, but. Johnny Cash was really important to you when you were younger, right? Yeah, man. I used to listen, like, I listened to a lot of Johnny Cash. And uh, I think it was, that was the one thing is, like, I don't know. Like, and it's funny because, like, I know it's, like, I've never been into country or anything yeah. at all. And, like, I think that was the one thing, like, if you're talking about, like, Everybody's like, oh, you listen to country? I was like, no. Nah. I was like, the only thing I got close to was Johnny Cash, but it kind of wasn't really country. Like, and I just listened. I mean, that Folsom Prison album was just so good. I, that was the one thing I used to listen to all the time. And I just like, I mean, I still have, I still have it in my CD. I still have it in my CD collection. Oh, yeah. And I, was it this, wait, the San Quentin one? Or? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. The one at Folsom Prison? Oh, I'm the sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. San Quentin. The one he recorded there. My bad. Okay. No. Yeah, no. my bad. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but I have, it's a, it's a double album. It's a live album. And I remember I got it at CD Exchange or something like that. And I was just like, oh, dude, this is dope. Then I remember, dude, I used to listen to that like back to back. And actually, uh, I've been pulling out my CDs recently and actually been listening to a lot of songs back to back now. <laughs> just oh, yeah. Because I feel like when you have your Bluetooth hooked up to your car, it's just it's like. easy it, to, yeah. Yeah, it's too like, oh, I don't like this song. Let me just skip. And yeah. then it's like, I feel like listening to your CDs like forces you to listen to it and make you appreciate it more. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing I, I feel like everyone needs to do every once in a while. Just go back and just listen to CDs. That's one thing that I have like a, a strong opinion on. Yeah. yeah. I hate shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause I mean, I don't know. A lot of the music that I listen to is like well thought out yeah. and like intentionally like songs flow into each other. Well, and it's just like so jarring to hear like an album that's perfectly crafted to like skip from track one to like seven. And like yeah. This isn't right. Yeah. It's well, like, it bothers me. It's like that Head Automatica album, man. Uh, damn, I forgot. Uh, Propag- the one with uh, Brooklyn's Burning. Oh, uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name. Uh, yeah, that, that album, I remember First like. one. 
I just, when I was like going to college, like I would be walking to camp on campus and all that. And I remember that was like the perfect album, just full and through to just strut to, like just walking <laughs> to class. Like I felt like, you know, uh, oh, John Travolta and uh, yeah. And that Saturday one part. Fever. Yeah. Saturday Night Fever uh, where he's like, you know, yeah. and, but it was head automatic playing in the background. <laughs> and it's just like me, like, you know, like, and it's just, oh man. Nice. And it's just, the music's so good. And I remember like, I went through that phase where I was just listening to that CD nonstop. And then I worked at Best Buy at the time. So we can set up playlists and I would just play that whole CD. I wouldn't put anything else on it and like play it over the the intercom. And I remember like uh, people from other departments be like, who's playing this? Cause I really like this. And they're (laughs) like, yeah, it's like, it's so good. And they're like, it goes so perfect together. Like you you can't skip that. Yeah. Skip songs on there. (laughs) That's one thing. Cause we, we've talked about setting up our, or like writing it or you're writing or talking about our, our favorite albums of the decade. And last decade was a lot easier because I listened to more albums through. This decade, I, I had to go back and like listen to albums all the way through because I'd be like, oh, like I really love this album. I'm like, no, actually, I only like that one song. Yeah. yeah. You know? Childish Gambino. Uh, um, Camp? Awaken My Love? That one's... I think, that uh, one's I think it was Camp. No, it was... Oh, my God. I forgot what it was. But I know one of his albums, I was like, man, I love that album. And uh, I remember like... Cause it was 2000, right? Is it when, when did, uh, it's like 2012, 20, that one came that, out in 2012, but yeah. when did, uh, N-E-R-D, uh, 07, right. Or a flyer die or seeing sounds. Seeing sounds is really good. That, was yeah, 07. That, one, that one. I remember. And that's like, I guess when I was like big into like buying a CD and just like forcing myself yeah. to listen to it. And I think I was like, why, like listening to a lot of that. We didn't stuff. have a choice cause you couldn't. Yeah. Just, I guess yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was like one of the biggest, like when I bought one of my new trucks, I remember I, I like bought a CD. I bought it at Best Buy. I was like, oh, they have the CD. Like, dope. I'm going to listen to this. And I went into my truck and it didn't have a CD player. <laughs> it was all media. And I was just like, so like disappointed where I was just like, I felt like, I felt old. I felt <laughs> like I was that guy that bought a cassette player and then went to a new car and it was only a CD player. And I was like, damn. You're dude, like, like Austin it, Powers trying to play the CD yeah, player. The the record record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh man. I just like, God, it like, it made me bummed out. Cause I was like. Then when I got my new truck, it was an older truck. So I was like, oh, sweet. This has a CD player. And you know what's funny? When I bought that truck, there was a Daltrey album in it. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. I, I am one of the only few people that I know with a CD player in the car still. Uh, but my previous car that I bought also had a CD player. Uh, when I bought it, it had a burned Kings of Leon CD. <laughs> and I just threw it out the window. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But I remember also too, like for a time when you're writing, uh, you're getting CDs and just like writing, you know, on the whole CD. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was one thing that was, I remember, and I remember <laughs> you're always like, hey, I don't like the CD here. You can yeah. have it. And I'll be like, oh, this CD is dope. I like this. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's stupid. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that One of good. my first writing job ever was, uh, there's this guy, he, he had an, uh, he had a website called A Thousand Apologies and I, I got connected with him and he would give me CDs like early to review. And I remember this was back in 06 and he gave me, uh, oh, what's that band? Uh, oh my God. Maria call, count me in. Oh, uh, all time. All time. low, Dude, I still, that like, guilty pleasure, bro. I'll that album, that album, he gave it to me. And like, I wrote like this really scathing review of it. And then when I published it, I saw that all time low was doing a contest with our website and I got like real, I got so much anxiety. I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to read it and they're going to, they're going to like pull out of this contest. I'm like, no, like you're not like, no one gives a shit. Eric. Like, <laughs> no one's going to read your stupid review. I think that's when you gave me that remembering never CD too. Yeah. Yeah. I and I was that. like, 
I was like super big into them. I was like, oh, dude, this CD is dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I used to listen, I, that was another one. I'll listen to front to back all the time, dude. Yeah. That's when I had the Xterra. <laughs> I remember, because I remember that San Quentin album, um, when you would play it, there was this whole part about like, he was, like, he was talking about like being anti-war, but like he was, they, the people who were like war, like jingoists were like called hawks. And like the people who were about peace were called doves. Oh yeah, and he was like, "Well, I'm a dove, but I got some talons or something." Yeah, I got some. Ta- yeah, it was like a cheesy joke, but it sounded so cool coming from him. Yeah, he can make. I feel like Johnny he can make Cash. a lot of stuff sound really cool. Yeah, that if I were to say it, it'd be like, "Man, fuck this guy." Yeah, <laughs> I was reading because when uh when Joaquin Phoenix got tapped to play him, it was right before he died, and Johnny Cash invited him to dinner. And Joaquin Phoenix was kind of like, like really nervous. nervous. Yeah. And Johnny Cash like looked him dead in the eye. He's like, I loved you into Gladiator. You want to know what my favorite part was? And Joaquin Phoenix was like, oh, what was it? And he like grabs Joaquin Phoenix. He's like, when you said, and she screamed like a whore when she burned. <laughs> no, it was like, no, he said it was uh, when he, when he's talking to uh, Maximus and he's like, and they ravished her. Again, yeah, yeah that's and again, was. and again. He's like, "Oh man!" Like <laughs> that was another thing, man. I remember Joaquin Phoenix, like when he was like when he was cast to play Johnny Cash. I like Johnny Cash so much, but I hated him in Gladiator. Uh, His character, yeah. I was like, "Nah, fuck this guy!" Like I hate this guy. Like this guy can't play him. And then it made me realize how good of an actor he was. Yeah. He, dude, I hated him in Gladiator. Like, oh my god, <laughs> I wanted to punch him in the face so bad. Like, it's like, how could you do this to Maximus? <laughs> <laughs> so, any any last thoughts? We're kind of coming to our close here. I really like, I mean, well, I guess one thing I can say is like, man, I really like this, this is what y'all are doing. This is oh, awesome. Thanks. Like, I think I'm a big fan of it. I try to tell everybody about it. But, and also too, I mean, I'm not musically inclined, but I like listening to music. So I think this is awesome too, that you get people on here that, you know, opens up the talking subjects a little bit more too. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Thank that. you for coming on. And uh, we're going to be doing this every other week. Um, so stay tuned. We've got a bunch of other covers we're going to talk about. Uh, and in between we'll have our regular episode with performances and everything. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening and, uh, have a good night.